Match week 17 in the books. Man City continue to stumble. Conceding two late goals to Crystal Palace and dropping points at home. The struggles continue elsewhere. Arsenal keep on rolling. Villa even score an away victory at the death. Last but not least, Liverpool. Man U, very, very boring stalemate. Maybe not so boring, Sam. We'll discuss everything that was Match Week 17 and more. This is the Premiership Rusa Podcast. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Back, Fuchs. And the ball in behind Damian Bunny! You are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? Now the fans are shouting every week, Louis van Gaal's army! <laughs> Louis van Gaal's army! Feet after a fabulous start, the game just got away from you there. I have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say about the game at all. Yes, a very special Tuesday edition of the podcast. Yeah, is this the first ever Tuesday podcast? <laughs> I would if it, if hazard it, a guess and say one before. That there, might be it. Otherwise, there, this is the inaugural. There's probably one that was on Tuesday for some odd it reason. Was, it, it was probably a World Cup or Euros one, though. Yes, an, a, a lads on tour episode. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed, precisely. Well, Sam, let's get right into it. Get some Friday action. Some Friday action. We also have some Richarlison can't be stopped. Kind of a momentum building up. You hate to see it. Oh, I saw this one thing that was like, he can't stop scoring. Is like, he has four goals in two seasons, or a season and a half. <laughs> it's like, he, he, he should start scoring, is what he should do. Um... Tottenham, Forest, the Friday match. Yeah, this one. Man, I mean, it was mainly just Tottenham. Just yeah. killing. Just killing it. Forest yeah, pretty couldn't much get anything going. How you would expect it, Tottenham just overloading so much possession. And then Forest were just like, you know, what if we just fouled you? Yeah, nine million times. Just sat back and didn't really do anything. Had nothing going forward. They could not string more than like three passes together through midfield. Sam, Convinced. can you tell me how Ryan Yates didn't get a red card in this game? I'm pretty sure it he could have had like at least five times. five yellows. Yeah, it could have happened like three different times. Insane. It's been rough, man, and I don't even blame Forrest's defense. Really, it's their midfield's kind of letting them down. They just it's too defensive minded right now. And you're getting Gibbs White and Alonga isolated up front. But yet you're not like pinging balls over the top for them to run and chase down. Uh, I just don't, I just don't like what they're doing right now. As far as Tottenham go, nice setup here. A lot of Kulashevsky and Sun in this one. 
Pape Sar also had a pretty solid game. Yeah, Kulishevsky kind of running down the middle. That's been working well for them. They just mm -hmm. have such an attacking lineup with Kulishevsky, Son, yeah. uh, Brendan Johnson, and, and Richarlison, too. That's going like to make four. They had to make that change once Brendan Johnson had like the head injury like halfway through the first half. Yeah, that is right true. On. Ollie Skip, so it's kind of a different aspect to him. Yeah, they they definitely lost the the attacking sharpness that they had early in the game. They had a number of kind of half chances early on, and then after they brought on Ollie Skip, obviously a little bit less in that department. Um, they did get the opening goal right before halftime. Kulishevsky whipping in a ball for Richarlison. Awesome. And once again, Richarlison scoring like he just won the World Cup. Shushing the Nottingham Forest crowd. You know. Shushing Forest is a, not the best of looks. I uh, I didn't miss this. I didn't miss seeing this guy score because I can't stand him. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm okay with it only because it makes more teams watchable. I don't want to ever see guys where it's like Neil Maupai and stuff like that. But yeah, Richarlison is absolutely just the most insufferable guy possible. Goes into halftime 1-0. Second half, Forrest look a little better in attack. I mean, they did the, they score a goal, but it was disallowed from Malanga. Uh, I mean, yeah, they... <laughs> Trying to think of what else there was, because Vicario actually was kind of busy in this half. Gibbs White had a free kick that was saved, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't really yes. like a shot, but it was it was like whipped in and Vicario had to do it. Vicario has to run out there, and I think that's an underrated aspect to Tottenham season and we haven't really talked about him quite as much and how important he's been, but could you imagine like if they had Larice in there and like causing him to like run and be a sweeper and constantly do the stuff that Vicario does? Yeah, I it just, just wouldn't work. I don't think that'd be it wouldn't it, with their no. uh, back line that they want to It's it's not possible. So he's kind of been like a huge boost to them this year. He's been one of the sneaky best signings of the year, honestly. Yeah, um, speaking of goalkeepers, at the other end, Matt Turner turns it over right to Kulishevsky, and then Kulishevsky just violates Matt this, Turner at the near post. This is what happens, though, when you make this playing out of the back yeah, shit. It's like, true. stop. If If they just get a slight press to a guy who's not the best distributor, he's going to give it away like that. And where, also, where was Nottingham Forest? Like, Niakate was, like, further up the field than Kulishevsky. It's like, you're the center back. Where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? It's it's just not good, but also inexcusable from Maddie Turner to not get it out of bounds. Uh, and then that blast right at him just to top things off. Just a shot right at him. They deflects in. Pretty rough. But he did get a red card, though. Yeah, Basuma. It's like, yeah, hey, this is going pretty well. So I'm going to just fly into it. Go right at his shin slash knee. That, uh, it's a little high. 
Yeah, sure enough. That's a red card. Yeah, because even after that, I mean, you know, even after the red, Force really did not do a whole lot in terms of attack. They had like one or two chances. That was about it. They I were mean, resigned to their, their fate. Yeah. I mean, they only had one shot on target this whole game. Pretty rough. Yeah. Speaking of being resigned to the fate. Mr. Cooper. Mr. Steve Cooper. His time is done here. R.I.P. It must be said, I think we kind of jinxed him when we were saying we were feeling decent about Forrest early in the year. Yeah. And he was sitting there around like 12th or 13th, and then he just couldn't pick up results. We're like, ah, you know, still have faith. And then it just went all downhill. Um. Yeah, apparently going to be Nuno Espirito Santo, Sam. Yeah, I don't know does how that I feel line about up that. For, does that line up for Big Sam in May? Big Sam in May. Very well could. I mean, I think it could go one of two ways. I, It could go like, you know, the success he had with Wolves when they first came up, or it could just turn into like, you know, what Tottenham was like and pretty much a continuation of what Forrest is already, where they're just no attacking output whatsoever. I think it's going to be the Tottenham slash like last season of Wolves, where he just like gave the ball to Troy every play and was like, do something. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm thinking too. And it'll probably just do that, but it's going to be Gibbs White instead. He's like, hey, how about you do something? So... It does not we, inspire uh, confidence in me. That's for no, sure. No, it does not. It does not move me. It does not make me. This does not feel like cooking. Yeah, I'd like, like to see uh, Steve Cooper in in a more stable project and see well, how apparently, he does. And I could see this Palace or yeah. the team. They've been rumored with them as soon as Forrest thought about sacking them. I didn't, for whatever reason, it kind of felt a little surreal that Forrest sacked him. I think because it's just so. There's just such a weird run club. It looks like their owner could float anything to the media or just kind of like make shit up as they go. But well, I mean, last yeah, it's time, not a surprise. Wasn't it last year where there was rumors about him getting sacked and then they extended his he got contract. an extension? Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's a very poorly run club. Yeah, you could say so. They're sitting in seventeenth right now, five points ahead of Luton. Speaking of Luton, game was being played and then had to be abandoned due to Lockyer having another cardiac arrest incident middle of the game. Pretty, pretty brutal stuff. Yeah, not good. Luton, he got off with a good start. Early goal from Adebayo. Um... Uh, and then in the second half, Bournemouth brought on the pressure, and, and uh, they were they were attacking quite a bit. And Solanke yeah, finally dumb. scored. And then just uh, about ten minutes after that, that's when the game was stopped. So, yeah, obviously, uh, did they did they say if situation. they would just pick it up from where it was played, or would they just restart the whole thing? Or I don't think it's been determined yet because it's an interesting question. Yeah, 
you know, you we wonder with that, how much of the game they played, maybe they just ended it's at the 60th minute or so. Who knows? It's like, when do you fit in 20 minutes of a game? If it somehow depends on, like, if Luton's already relegated and, like, Bournemouth aren't going to, you know, they're going to be in, like, anywhere from 12th to 15th, like, maybe they don't play it. Who knows? I feel like you can't base that off that. Well, you never know. If they if they feel like uh, they can get away with it, if it has impact on relegation and whatnot, I feel like they have to for sure play it. I feel like they have to either do it or, or don't do it, but if you base it off of the team's standings, then it seems a little questionable. Yeah. I'm just throwing out everything that I could imagine the Premier League doing because they have, probably have all options on the table because they don't. They're going to do what's best for them, not the teams or the players. But yeah. what else is new? That's true. That's true. Uh, Yeah. So, shall we move on? Yeah. Let's. The let's... Hank special. Oh, no. Chelsea. You know I don't like when Sam's right. God bless me. Yeah. Something like that. You can predict Chelsea except when they play Everton. You just don't know. You just don't know how goaded Everton are. That's true. Although I did almost predict the correct scoreline for the Everton game. True. Um. Yeah, I mean, nothing of... Value happened in the first half in this game. I mean, there's there's really nothing to say. Yeah, what was the uh, expected goals after the, this game? And then the Newcastle Fulham game were just pathetic. I'll try and pull it up here real quick, but it was like point one to like point zero zero two or something yeah. like that. It's like oh, which okay. I mean, it's it's funny because this game, Chelsea Sheffield United, hundred percent makes sense. Yes. Newcastle, though, that makes zero sense whatsoever. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, who would who would possibly expect that? But, you know, here we are. Yeah, I, I can't find it. But it was a very, very low amount to a very, very even lower amount. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean, the, all the first half was was really just Caicedo and Gallagher intercepting any pass from Sheffield and then trying to counter, and then Chelsea just fluffing their lines, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sheffield had one chance, really. I think they might have even just had, like, two shots in the game. They had yeah. six shots, I guess, but their best chance was Cameron Archer, who sent... A curled effort just wide. Um, and then in the second half, you know, had a little bit of action. A little bit of pickup in terms of Chelsea actually having some quick passes, some one-twos running around defenders like they're training cones because that's pretty much what Sheffield defenders are. And we get a goal, Sam. We yes. get a goal. Gallagher involved on this one. Sterling. Getting to the byline, cuts it back. For whatever reason, Nicholas Jackson's like at the far post and not in the middle. But luckily, Cole Palmer 
comes sprinting in, smashes it home, makes it 1-0 for Chelsea. And then five minutes later, another nice little sequence that results in, I mean, I don't even know who had the initial effort. It was like kind of saved and blocked. It was a very strange goal. And then Palmer squares it directly across the face of Nett and Nicholas Jackson, still sitting at the back post, wide open this time, taps it home, makes it 2-0. Yeah, there was um, like a potential penalty if it wasn't scored. Yeah, because someone got like trucked from behind, but everyone was, was on. Yeah, it, it did not truly matter. And nothing else in this game, quite frankly, mattered. I will be... About, there were two goals, and that about, was about it. Uh, Brogia missing from about two yards out. Yeah, that yeah that shouldn't even be allowed. That was brutal. That, that shouldn't be allowed. That but was uh, that was Southampton esque. The, I think the funniest thing is people are upset that Nkunku didn't play, and it's like, when when did you want him to come on? Like they scored right away in the second half. And it's like, what, are you going to put him on when you're 2-0 up? That doesn't make sense. I mean, you could, but... What would be the point? Farm one goal? Yeah. This game was uh, kind of interesting. They dropped Enzo and just rolled with Gallagher and Caicedo, kind of as two holding mids, and went with Mujic, Sterling on the wings, Palmer as a 10, Jackson as a 9. Normal back four. It looked like a normal kind of lineup, Sam. Insane. People yeah. playing in correct positions. Yeah. Impossible. Craziness. So Chelsea win somewhat convincing, but not really convincing. It's just Sheffield lads. So result that they for sure needed, but can't take for granted. Elsewhere, one team did not get the result they expected. No. Because they all. didn't put in truly that great of a performance to close out. We're talking Man City. We're talking Crystal Palace. We're talking Roy Ball. Yeah, Dean Henderson getting his first start in this one, too. Yeah, Sam Johnstone out injured. Yeah, unlucky for him. Probably his job gone. Could be. Could also not be. Really, fifty-fifty. Anyway, yeah, I mean, it just depends if Dean if Dean Henderson stays hot and gets in form, they'll probably just ride the hot hand. But if he doesn't set himself apart, you know, then they'll probably just go back to John Stone because he was pretty solid. Sam, what stood out to you in the first half about this game? Well, I mean, it was you know pretty much business as usual for City. A couple of early chances. Alvarez had one, and then Rodri nearly scored. But he deflected it wide. Um, you know, City rolling with a with a bit of a a different different lineup. You know, they got Rico Lewis in, Alvarez, obviously no Holland, but uh, you got Foden as well. It was really weird because Vardiol kept pushing up like super far forward. Yeah, it's odd how much Man City gets some of their defenders involved in terms of the attack. Not just in terms of like passing and stuff, but like 
Guardiol ended up with like a couple shots and stuff. I know that'll sometimes happen for Ake and Stones, especially Stones at times. So, very weird. But City, after dominating most of the first half, get a goal, 24th minute. Jack Grealish, a little low bottom corner finish. Which I believe they did check on VAR to make sure he was on, which he was. It was... It was a nice move just to kind of find the space. Uh, Crystal Palace rolling up with the uh, with the back five in this one. Yeah, this, yeah, the the Palace lineup in this one was special. It was generational. Yeah. Um, up Rivald, Richards, Olise, midfield, with Mitchell, Gahey, Anderson, Ward, and Klein. Those are like nine defenders. You have Mateta up top and Henderson and that. Yeah, it's insane. Also funny that you called the Riedewald start. I, I try. I try. I knew that, you know, they'd have to pull out all the stops. You know Roy Hodgson. I, I've seen plenty of Roy Ball in my day. Uh, is there anything that I'm forgetting in the first half? I don't have that okay. much for notes. Yeah. Second half, uh, Alvarez scores, but the goal's ruled out. Rodri ducking under the free kick from an offside position. Yeah, I can't remember if this was the one where the commentator was like, I don't think that should be offside. It's like, what? What do you mean? Uh, no, it definitely should have been. It's Man City. They don't deserve that. But it didn't matter. Two minutes later, Rico Lewis scores after the ball popped up from Foden falls to him and gets the finish. City, you think cruise control after that? Up 2-0 against Crystal Palace, who have nine defenders on the field? Oh, you know what we forgot in the first half was Adairson could have got a potential red card. Oh, uh, yes. I, mean, I would say it's yellow, but you could make the case as a red that's, I think that's what I was thinking of. I think there was at least one defender that could have got Yeah. Got bad. I think that's why we didn't make a big big dealio about it. But yeah, Rico Lewis just a kind of crappy tap in goal. Um yeah, after but you that. you think when you can get one, the other team has twelve guys defending. That is true. After that, Dean Henderson guy. made a nice save on Bernardo Silva. And then about 10 minutes later, long ball up from Gahey to Schlupp. Springs the attack for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace pulled a uh, Ken Hogg there. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. And Schlupp finds Mateta for the goal. The unexpected goal. Yeah, that was an amazing ball there by Schlupp to thread that through. Mateta just crashing in. Yeah, that was nice. Very nice. Uh, then we got to see, we finally got to see a little more of the Francia, the Francia, yeah. Matthias Francia, who was kind of cooking when he was able to dribble. Yeah. Cooking a little bit, not much, but you know, something. he looked okay. I could see him. Yeah. I could see him kind of being something special for Palace a little down the road. Then it comes to the very end of the game. 90 plus 3 Mateta wins the ball off of Bernardo Silva. 
And Phil Foden just takes a big old swing and misses the ball completely and takes out my tete. Penalty awarded. Nice. Elise steps up. Cool as you like. Converts a penalty right at the death. They grab a point. Very disappointing yeah. for City. Huge result for Palace. I mean, they almost go into that. I think they'll get a point or three a year at this point. Yeah, true. They're the they're the bogey team. City stoppers. Yeah. Yeah. Which they uh, did not deserve a point whatsoever from this game based on no. the performance. <laughs> no, and it's always at the Etihad. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Very it's weird. not like Selhurst, they come alive. Uh, yeah, I mean, Man City just, what are you going to say? That's like inexcusable. This whole idea that Man City will just turn it on. I mean, I don't know when people are going to realize that it just might not happen. I still, I mean, they're only like five points back, honestly. They've. They've been playing terrible, and they're only five still points win the back. League, but that's just because Liverpool and Arsenal are, you know, bottle yeah, jobbing it. That, that's a, that's exactly it. I mean, it's only I'm not a matter, saying they can't win the league, but I mean, they're not people just implying that the city is going to run away with it and stuff. Like, I just don't, I just don't see it. Like, easily win the league. They could win the league by like up, like three to six points. Wouldn't be that crazy, but I mean, they're just not performing how they should be. Constantly drawing, losing games where, you know, they really shouldn't be. In terms of like even the the Villa game, the Arsenal game, they typically see draws out from those positions, but not this year. I mean, personally, I think it's one thing to lose to Villa away but to lose this game when you're up two nil at home against oh, crystal palace or yeah true. to to yeah, draw this drop one so points yeah drop points felt like a loss yeah from their perspective just the level of disappointment when they should yeah and i get i get the villa thing that you're saying because villa is so good but also if you're the champions going for your fourth title in a row you you probably pull your nuts out and put them on the table and say, "Hey, we can. We're the champions. We could do this." You have full faith, not like, "Oh man, this team, this kind of upstart team, they're really good." I don't know. Yeah, it's like so. I just don't think that they have. It's kind of a transition year. They could still easily win the league, but I just don't know why people are penciling them in. I think they just have that. That aura about them, like despite not playing well, it still feels like it's inevitable. Only time will tell. Only time told about Fulham before they fell off, Sam. <laughs> and they fell off pretty hard in this one. Although they did beat Club of the Future Everton on penalties today in the Carabao Cup, so. That's true. That's yeah. True. yeah, this game kind of just went south because Raul Jimenez got fouled, and then he said, "What if I got retaliation?" And his retaliation was a red card. Exactly. We're talking about Newcastle versus Fulham. Yeah, this one it was kind of like a tale of two two halves, but two halves being 
before the red card and after the red card. Yes. Uh, I mean, to start the game, it was, uh, you know, kind of back and forth. Neither team really dominating, so to say. The chances weren't weren't there, like you mentioned earlier with the expected goals. Um, but it was at least open. And then, yeah, 20 minutes in, 22 minutes in, like you said, Jimenez got fouled and goes for the ret- retaliation and just goes absolutely flying into Sean Longstaff and, like, hits his butt in the Sean Yeah, he, Longstaff like, checks him in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Never seen something like that before. Yeah, and then it, I don't I was, know what he was even trying to do. It's one of those where it's like inexcusable because it's like, what are you even trying to do? And there's no way. He only got a yellow to start. I think that's what's crazy. The ref yeah, probably wasn't really looking and didn't pay attention. But... I feel like he had a pretty good view of it, yeah. just off off memory. Um, but Yeah. You know, big, big ups help to Samuel Barrett. Really no one on Fulham showed up in this game, except for, like, maybe Tom Kearney played all right. I thought Iwobi was decent. Uh, yeah, I mean, after that, going down a man, away to Newcastle. Newcastle has, uh, no matter what injuries Newcastle has, still. It's going to be tough. pretty tough. Especially, speaking of injuries, Cher and Joel Linton off early in this one. Right, right, yeah. Or Sunday. But it matters. Changes, yeah. Big change. Uh, for Newcastle in the first half, Anthony Gordon had had a shot that went off the bar. Yeah, that was a rip. That was a rocket. Yeah. Other than that, like I point blank. Don't remember any other chances that were really all that clear cut from Newcastle's perspective. No. But going into the I, second half is where they made the hay. Buy, need to buy Dubrovka some hair gel for Christmas. Slick it back. Yeah. Sick of this. Sick of this Lloyd Christmas Jason Steele hair going on. Someone's got to do it. Someone does have to do it. So, anyways, back to the game. Newcastle getting their getting their goals in the second half. Lewis Miley, the goal yeah, scorer he comes for the first on. one. Yeah, that's up Don. Gets a goal. Newcastle were just piling on the pressure, and then Lewis Miley gets the goal, 57th minute, and then about seven minutes later, Gordon plays Wilson through, fouled by Anthony Robinson, but the ball falls to Elmeron, who scores easily at the back post. After that, it was pretty much done and dusted, but Newcastle did add a third 82nd minute. Big Dan Burn. Yeah, just a pretty crap goal, honestly. Dan Burn from across. Uh, what are you going to say? Initial header saved, and then he just kind of bundled it in. Yeah. But you take those. You take those. Oh, true. So true. 3 0 Newcastle. Good result for Newcastle, but I don't know. The performance didn't really have to be anything spectacular. Yeah, I would have liked to see 11 v 11, you know, what the result would have been. But yeah, probably still like 1-0 Newcastle or maybe yeah. a draw, but Fulham, I just don't know if they had it going. 
that day was not their day. It's true. You know whose day it wasn't, and it hasn't <laughs> been many times this year? Burnley's. That is true. That and is they had true. to deal with the wrath of Everton, Club of the Future. A.K.A. Old Burnley. Yeah, Sean Dyche's men, who really loaded up defensively in this game. I was surprised by that. But Yeah, they did switch it up a bit. Yeah, but, you know, Burnley, we figured that they'd hold the ball quite a bit. Everton would kind of be sitting back a little bit, not just low block playing only on the counter, but yeah, it kind of played out how we thought, Sam. I think you said probably 3-0 or something. Yes, I did say 3-0. I think I said 2-1, so we we were kind of close on this one. Um, Early goal for Onana, Sam. Yeah, just the, the thumping header. Yeah. Is uh, a little bit of a rough go, James Trafford, on this one. Uh, yes. He had a couple moments that were a little rough after we were praising his performance last week, but, you know, he's still young. Such is the life of a young keeper. Yeah. Unless you're Gavin Bazunu and I just gave up on you last year. Even That's though I true. think he's doing fine this year. Dwight McNeil revenge game assist. Yeah. Yeah, Everton getting their second goal shortly after that. Long free kick falling to to Michael Keane. Talk about revenge game. Former Burnley man. What you know, I thought, I thought today it was funny because Onana had, I don't know if you saw it in the Carabao Cup, one of the worst penalties you'll ever see. Um, I did not. After, after he scored in this game, and then Michael Keane had an own goal in the Carabao Cup game against Fulham. So the two guys who were the heroes at the weekend just completely crapped all over themselves in the in the Carabao Cup game. You know, Michael Keane, I 100% can believe that. And yes. You know, Onana was the original agent of chaos, so. Yeah. It happened. I'd like to kind of see if they drop Calvert-Lewin for a game just to get Beto in there. For a full run. I just want to see that. What about Dan Juma? Dan Juma is like no longer on the team. To be fair, he's not really a Sean Dyche guy. No, he's not. Which I is mean, crazy. Like he doesn't even come off the bench or anything. I know. They made two subs. They're punishing him for turning turning him down last year for Tottenham. Just for Tottenham to never play him. That's crazy. Uh, what were yeah. you gonna say? Um, yeah, I don't know. Lyle Bur- Foster back. Burnley did have some possession after this, but didn't really do much. Odebear had a couple of moments that looked decent, but you know, other than that, they're still Burnley. Yeah, I mean, he's really all they have going for him right now. Minus Brownhill's fine. Berg is okay at times, not as advertised, but the attack is just blah. Yeah, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Yeah, and this one goes into halftime two 0 and then I should have known, you know, 
Everton go up 2-0, they're just going to freaking park the bus and set up shop and be like, all right, let's see what you can do. You can't attack normally, Burnley, so have fun trying to break down a low block. Yeah. I mean, it it was crazy how they just had that set up. There's nothing Burnley could do. Everton's just set up perfectly. Only they didn't even need really anything from like Jack Harrison or anything this game or Decore in attack, you know? Yeah. Only real chance for Bur- for Burnley, I think, was uh, M. Dooney forcing Pickford into a nice little stretch save. But other than that, Everton, you know, like I said, happy to sit back and absorb the pressure. And obviously Burnley had no... No solution to get through. Ron Dyche's man. Ron Dyche's man. That one ends 2-0. Everton, club of the future, continue to be club of the future. Maybe even club of the present, in all honesty. They are the hot club. Yeah, I mean, they have it set up. They have it set up. They know what they are, you know. It's it's one of those teams you can feel confident in them because, like I said, they know what they are. I mean, they've won, what is it, two, four, six out of their last eight in the Premier League? And the two non-wins were a draw with Brighton and then that man you lost, which you just scrapped that. You just got hit with a bicycle to start the game. That was about it. So, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty nutty. Nutty. Yeah, um, what else is nutty is the, the scoring run that your boy Kai Havertz is on. And Kai, man. I can't be stopped. I, I tried to tell you earlier, I was like, I at least feel good about him and his production compared to, what uh man you is getting in money mace hundred percent hundred percent let's get into it arsenal versus brighton not the emirates rough odegaard game like he was good in terms of he's popping up everywhere doing stuff but the execution by him whether it's the final pass or the shot was like never never good enough yeah i think they had a bit of that kind of how they had in the Aston Villa game where they were, you know, holding on to the ball and possessing the ball well, and then it just came down to not being able to, you know, make decent passes at times to really unlock the offense at times. Okay, you didn't have to worry about Brighton. They're uh they're down in the dumps right now as far as attack goes. It's just not clicking. They were like non-existent in this game. It was pretty insane, honestly. I thought... They held the ball a good amount, but it resulted in like literally nothing. Yeah, and honestly, you know, they play that play style where they want the other team to to press them, but this was just like Arsenal would press them and then Brighton would just give away the ball. Yeah. And when they did have possession, it was just like in their own half. 
I know we were talking about last time, but again, like the squad rotation, it's just constant. Like, how do you expect your guys to play well if you're constantly rotating the team? I just don't, I don't understand it with Desherby. Yeah, I mean, I at least felt better about this lineup. You know, you had no, this lineup was fine, but like the last week, last couple weeks and stuff, it's like, what, what is going on? I mean, I probably wouldn't have Lalana in there, but. Yeah, you know beggars beggars can't be choosers, right? You and guys, Van Hecke, Van Hecke is the only guy who gets to start every game besides Lewis Dunk, and he's having a real rough go in there. But I, I just don't, I don't understand it. You know, Brighton fans really like Van Hecke. Okay, they can keep liking him. He's just kind of mid to me. Yeah. Well, we saw it on display in the second half. We'll get to that later, but Arsenal had plenty of chances in the first half, Sam. Yeah, plenty of chances. Just coming down to not being able to convert the chances. The finishing it looks like it could be the the weakness for Arsenal this year. I have news for you. Yes. I think you just got to play Eddie and Katia more. No, it it's, it's interesting. It, it feels like Gabriel Jesus. Wow, that was out. Well, he scores in this one. but Yeah, I mean, he's important in terms of like the buildup and everything. Yeah. But then when it comes to, to the goal scoring, you know, that's not his his forte, even as he says. And a lot of times he's coming out wide to get the ball, and there's just no one down the middle. Yeah, which is like, I don't know, it's nice to have him wide and you can overlap one side. But I just, I don't get it. With him and Martinelli just not scoring as much, I feel like one's got to be dropped, like for a bit. And just having Katia in the middle and just feed balls in there. He knows where to be and what to do. As of right now, um, maybe Cedric's the answer to your goal scoring problems too. Cedric, true, I agree. Uh, goes in the halftime, nil nil. Second half, Gabby Jesus scores off a corner. Van Hecke decides to try and clear it, but he heads it right to Gabby Jesus, who tucks it in the net himself. Nothing Big Bart can do about that one. It's true. It's true. Yeah, after that, there was some, some pressure by, by Brighton to uh, grab an equalizer. Their their biggest chance came from Pascal Gross later on. His shot just going on the other side of the, of the post. I thought for sure that one was going in. It did look like it. Unfortunately, I didn't watch live, so I, uh... You knew. Yeah, I knew, but I was like, oh, man, it looked like it. I couldn't believe it. And then, like you were saying, Kai Havertz. Getting the second Big Kai. Putting the yeah. game to bed. Eddie and Ketia with the assist. Normally, Havertz is off in those situations, because he's just normally offside. But... He's There's a new man. no one around him. Um, 
Did Bart Bart had a big save on someone and like a very similar chance? Did he not? Obviously, Havertz just goes um, underneath him between his legs. I thought there was another one where uh, Bergen had it. Okay, Martinelli. Yeah, I was like, oh man, but Kai Havertz, he's unstoppable now. Yeah, fantastic. I'm I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I'm mainly just happy to be right that. If one of them had to be good, it'd be Havertz and not Mount. But, you know, what can I say? I think he's kind of suiting into that uh, Jaka role now. He's kind of found his spot in the team. Yes, yes. Whereas Mason Mount, you have no idea what position he's supposed to be. Well, just think, you know, man, you could have waited six months and then just got Mason Mount, offered him a free contract in about 10, 15 days. Said they said sixty mil. Ship them sixty mil. Or uh, how many goals and assists was that? He he doesn't have any. Does zero? He? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. By my estimate, uh, that's uh, infinite pounds per goal. Yeah. Has none. Something something like that. Uh, finishes two nil. Brighton. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up and see Brighton's in the bottom half of the table here. Because it yeah. might not be Chelsea who passes them, but it could definitely be Fulham or Wolves. You know, I think they're getting a little bit of that West Ham being in a European competition. It's like, uh, you know, it's kind of a wake-up call. It's a lot to deal with. The it's expectations a lot are a lot. Especially Thursday yeah. games are just... For some they reason, take it, out of you. it 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 like destroys teams. Yeah, later, later on, and sure you play Sundays, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, at least with Champions League, sometimes you get Tuesday and then you get to play Saturday. Yeah, not necessarily only Wednesday. Europa League, it's only Thursday. It's like ugh. So. I I got I got my eye on Brighton. I I don't like their vibe at the moment. Great. All right. Moving on. Brentford versus Villa. What a weird game. It was a weird game. I wouldn't anticipate this to be the weirdest game of the week, but somehow I think it was. There was a lot of weird games. Yeah, I guess it, City. And Palace was pretty weird. Newcastle and Fulham was really weird. The only games that really weren't weird was like the Everton game, Tottenham game, Chelsea game. Chelsea game was just shit. And the Arsenal game. Yeah. Otherwise, like six of them I would classify as at least like somewhat weird. It was like you either get a normal game or just a weird game. Like no in between. Yeah. Norm most of the time it's pretty normal, but yeah, the Villa Brentford game. Was a crazy one. Yeah, it was weird. Weird. Early chance for Brentford. Damsgaard. You can tell that guy has like zero confidence whatsoever. Really should have scored. Oh, yeah, he, he does not get to play that much, and when he does, it's not great. He rode. He rode off the uh, the Euro run and. Right. Sampdoria got paid for him, and that was about it. Yeah. 
after that. A lot of possession from Villa, but they were really struggling with the uh, the back line just sitting in for Brentford. I thought Villa looked decent when they actually tried to play long, but you know, yeah, they didn't do that I very agree. often because Unai no, Emery, Emery hates is it. Stubborn, stubborn bastard. Yeah. And then, obviously, Brentford, happy to, to just play on the counter. They had another chance. Wisa nearly got on the end of a ball from Damsgaard. But a little too much power on the pass. And then Brentford taking the lead from a corner just before halftime. Ball falls out to Keen Lewis Potter. Yeah. Just kind of stabs it. In the back of the net to take the lead going into halftime. After that, second half, kind of same deal. Villa, lots of possession. Very slow possession when they're at their best or moving the ball well. They definitely were not moving the ball very well. Very easy to defend against this one. And then there was kind of the big tipping point of the game. Ben Mead just getting a very stupid red card. Yeah, it was very much like Basumas in terms of uh, just going in, slide tackle, middle of the field, not really that close to the ball, and you're just getting a whole lot of shin. Yeah, it was after Brentford had a corner. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? And then. Not uh, very bent me like. And I tell you what. Yeah. Brentford had to change the way that they went about business. Exactly. Uh, taking off Wiesa, putting on Collins, but it did not matter because shortly after that, Alex Moreno, little header from the six-yard box. Yeah. The Leon Bailey dime. And you feel like that is almost directly correlated to the change in defense. Moreno popping up at the back post completely unmarked. Yeah. Too easy of a goal to score, you feel like. Ben Mee's on the organ. The defense is probably organized a little bit better, and that doesn't happen. Yeah, or it's at least there's someone slightly in the way to off put Moreno, so the chance might not be quite as good. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then Villa go and grab it. Ollie Watkins, another header um, off the corner. Yeah, nice flick on for Camaro. Yeah. And then it just all hell broke loose after that. Yellows and yellows and yellows and reds and it was everything. Yeah, Ollie Watkins uh, <laughs> pointing at fans, apparently. Yeah, the Brentford, the celebration against the old team. Colwell did it against Bright not that long ago. So like just literally screaming with his arms out and stuff. It's like, my God, man. <laughs> he, I think you forgot who you were just on last year. Right. But at least for Watkins, it's been a few years, but still, like, eh. Not the best of looks, but it is what it is. Do you think? Yeah, so it ended up Kansa, Gudos, Duran, Yanal, yellow cards in every, virtually every minute, 86, 87, 88. Onyeka, yellow. Then we had the Maupai and Emmy Martinez coming together. Yeah. Then at the very end, we get the Kamara red card. I mean, it, Insane. it was really all over the place. Insane. What did you think of the Mopai and Emmy Martinez going at each other? Uh, that was great. 
uh, you know, let them duke it out. You hate both of them, so. Yes, exactly. Attack each other, please. I'm I'm rooting for Neil Maupai in that one, actually. To be honest. Wow. It's because you hate Emmy Martinez. Yeah. The most. Former Arsenal lad. Member of Rat 11. <laughs> Rat FC. Um, finishes 2-1. Huge comeback victory for Villa, but it felt like, I don't know if they would have had maybe a draw if Ben Mee's still out there. But Yeah, I feel like there's a good chance. He uh he blew it. It was kinda like the Bournemouth game they waited till the very end to kinda complete the comeback to when it was at uh the vitality. But Yeah, I mean definitely felt like that, but being down to ten men hurt even more. Yeah, definitely has been much more of a struggle away from home for Villa where teams just sit back and they have to move the ball better than they do. Yeah, and it's one of those things too where it's like if you if you're Villa and you can get your style set up to where you can suck the life out of the crowd, it's not that bad. But if you start making some errors and the other team's pressing, yeah, that can really get the home fans behind it even more. And that'll really throw you off. And I think that's kind of what happens a lot with Villa. When it's yeah, a struggle. It it seems like playing out of the back definitely is much more of an issue away from home for them. No, hundred percent. It's just a matter of concentration and having support and stuff. Yeah, and and you do you make a good point though. Like it it gets the fans into the game when when Villa gives away the ball when they're trying to play out of the back, and it just you know brings brings some energy for the other team. They start pressing, making mistakes, and yeah, dangerous game. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Got the next one. This one. West Ham Wolves. Yeah, West Ham versus Wolves. Did not see All this right, result. People, it's the the Paqueta party has come out for uh, a lot of people who support Paqueta and say I always that rated that guy. Class. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had to make a point to say I needed him dropped. I'll admit I was wrong, but he also was doing nothing before this game. So, yeah, I think uh, he's just that type of guy who's like very hit or miss. Yeah, that's fair. I tell you, he's not hit or miss. Muhammad Kudus, he only hits. He only hits. Yeah. He's don't so know why good, it took so. I don't know why it took so long for them to start him. He's a great winger, and they were like, yeah, we'll ease him in. It's like, no, he should just play right away. He's better than West Ham quality. And West Ham quality is, you know, it's better when it used to be, you know? I mean, they're European champions of the Conference League and stuff. So, but yeah. he's he should probably be on a Champions League team, you would think. Yeah, I mean, the the way that he's scoring, his finishing has been excellent. You know, these aren't just easy tapping goals he's scoring. No. This first one, great ball from Paqueta up on the counter, and then Kudus with the quality finish. It was kind of edge of the box, I think. Yes. Just really placed it to perfection. Didn't try and do too much there. You know, I feel like a lot of players don't score that goal. 
No. No, because they overcomplicate it. Kudus says less is more. I'm going to keep it simple here real quick. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, similar situation. Wolves turn over the ball. West Ham hit on the counter. Paqueta again threads the ball to Kudus. This time finish a little bit easier. You know, pretty simple one-on-one with the keeper, and he scores nicely. So uh, 2-0 up. West Ham had another chance just before halftime. Jared Bowen hitting off the inside of the post and out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those games where Wolves really, they had possession, but like we said, this is not where you want to be if you're Wolves in terms of having possession. The midfield did an okay job at kind of controlling stuff, but the attack was really not going for Wolves. Yeah, and and they just got punished for their turnovers. Like the the clinical nature of West Ham and this. Yeah, I mean, Kudus, Bowen, and Paqueta were clicking. Ward Prowse really didn't do uh, a whole lot in this yeah. one. Yeah, second half. I thought Wolves had a better start to the half. They had a had a chance. Saravia with some good link up play. Um but disallowed. And scored, but it was offside. Yeah, that was kind of their chance to get back into the game. And then West Ham later on sealed the deal. This time Jared Bowen linking up with Paqueta. Paqueta getting the hat trick of assists. Yeah, how about that? It was a great game for Paqueta. Well, that's what happens when he shows up. They can win 3-0, but he doesn't show up, so this is why they're in 8th or ninth place, you know? I mean, it's still a solid year for West Ham, but really they got to capitalize. Bowen's still playing well. Or Prowse has slowed down a bit, but he's still hanging in there. And then Kudus, like you said, is just in fuego. Natsushek had been playing well for a good while, too, so... They could they could end up right at that seventh spot. Wouldn't rule it out. I think Get a little Oprah Conference League, run it back for him. Yeah. But yeah. Wolves in this one, I just they went with a different lineup. They knew they were gonna have to hold the ball. And uh it did not go well with the back three. Yeah. Did not. So uh, moving on to the final game of the week. Probably the Liverpool worst one. And... Yeah, you know, it wasn't the worst nil-nil that I've seen, to say the least, but, I mean, it was really just Darweezy Habibi, like, hate fest. Just, just the, this the guy. The first half having... was... Uh... <laughs> it was absurd. It was insanity. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what to even say about it. Uh, I don't know how, and even just in general, I mean, Liverpool just did not, they played down to Man U standards. That's what I mean yeah. when Man U, I say a couple of weeks ago, where they like Jedi mind trick these teams into like playing down to their level. That's so true. So they, true. it's, they're like, ah, uh, yes, we're playing like shit and other teams like, oh, well, play like shit too. <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, that lineup they put out there, Veron, Dallo, Shaw, and Evans as a back four, and it, like, completely shut down Liverpool was insane. It was insane. Yeah. Sam's guy, Mino, 
Kobe Mino. Or Mino, however you say it. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah, him and Amrabat holding it down. What can you say? Yeah, Amrabat back to having a decent game. He only shows up for the big games. That's his problem. That's why he's great at the World Cup. True. And that's why he got bought. His because every game's a big game. He's True. like, oh, we're playing Chelsea. I'll play. I'll play hard. Oh, we're playing Liverpool. I'll play hard. He's like, Bournemouth. I am not tracking back. You guys have a good day. Yeah, and I think Liverpool too. You know this this midfield trio, Endo, Sabozalai, and Gravenberg. Just, I mean, last week didn't look good. This week, it looked look even good. worse. Somehow those guys like throw Sabozalai off and make him look not very good. Yeah, even though he's obviously the best of those guys, but it really just doesn't work out with those guys in there. Just and Liverpool's defense was like not tested like at all really but yeah. also Salah was just locked up by Luke Shaw like I would have not guessed that going into the game <laughs> also same your guy uh, Hoyland may never score he may never score He's, he has no right. goals in 14 Premier League games I mean he gets like no service. service but but then it's like, how does he score in the Champions League? Yeah. It's not like they're all solo goals. That's true. You know? So, I don't know. Yeah, this game was probably one of the most disgusting Man U-Liverpool matches I've ever watched. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess United actually ended up with the meme stat of expected goals, they had a better uh, expected goals, I think, in, at least in the first half. But, I mean, Onana was definitely felt like more busier than Allison. Mm-hmm. So, anything else stand out to you in this one? Dalo getting sent off at the very end. Yeah, I mean, that was insane. What that was, was that? that was basically was two that? yellow cards for the same sequence, which that was that was an awful call. And honestly, was it was it the first half or the second half where Darwizi just came in and trucked someone? I forget who who it was. And then he kicked the I ball away, and he got a yeah, yellow. And, it, and then yeah. he he started complaining to the ref. It's like, well, that could have been a the second. That yellow. was all. That was all in the first half. The like that first, was in the first yellow half. and yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. The first yellow and the like trucking and then yeah. I I felt like that was more worthy of two yellow cards than Delo. Yeah, I mean that I was mean, a the, really bad. The look Delo for, one uh, was excessive for for Michael Oliver. That just was like, what the fuck, dude? What what is that? That's yeah, not even like easily swung the game. Yeah, that was just uh, Yep. I agree with you there. Other than that, I mean, there's chances for both sides in the second half when capitalizing on them. Yeah, I mean, these subs that United bring on these days, I mean... Like Rashford coming off the bench is hilarious, but like Mejbury and 
Palestri. It's just like what what is this team? Yeah. What is this team? McTom's your best player, and it's not even close. I feel like their best attacking player on the bench is Regulon. Uh what about Daniel Gore? I don't even know who that is. He doesn't have a picture. I don't know who that is either. Uh Donnie Vandebeck, anyone? I don't know. I, I think that this team is just like so discombobulated with a plan. But <sighs> Ten Hog is actually in the mindset. It feels like Ten Hog is like How do I describe it? Not necessarily an interim, but like it's like he took over this team like a week ago and they're like, patch it together and make it work. Yeah. It's like, no, this guy's been here the whole time and he had all the the reins to like the transfers for who he wanted. Exactly. It's as if he hasn't been, you know, making these transfers. It's like, yeah, like you said, it's it it's kind of, feels like he's like, coming and and just trying to deal with the situation, but it's like you're the one who created this. To like Klopp taking over Liverpool, and he had like a bunch of the old like Southampton guys yeah. and whatnot. And but even then, like that team arguably might have been better because at least they had Coutinho. Yeah, true. Like I don't know. The only saving grace for United is that Bruno didn't play, so he couldn't get embarrassed in this one because he surely would have been embarrassed. Because for whatever reason, he like cannot play Liverpool. Yeah, so. I, 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 it, it's baffling how they can just keep bringing in guys that are just it's failures. Just bad. It's insanity. It's like when bad teams in American sports keep sucking forever, and they get like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth pick, and they just keep drafting the wrong guy. It's like, how is this happening? How are you this bad? You should have at least one transfer that works out for you. Yeah. Imagine that, if they didn't have Scott McTominay this year. Uh, it'd be, they'd be toast. They would be toast. They'd be toast. If they, if they would have, I mean, somehow, I sold McTom and McGuire to West Ham, it, they'd be so out of luck. So out of luck. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, let's move on to match day 18. Get a little predictions in. A little match day 19 as well. Um, Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. The rare Thursday game. Crystal Palace versus Brighton. Crystal Palace coming off that uh, big draw in City Brighton. Oh, oh, man. It'll never not be amazing when I look at the combined things and they somehow come out to equal three wins for each and six draws between Brighton and Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Which, it, it kind of feels weird that these two are technically rivals, given the fact one's in London and Brighton's Yeah, they're pretty south. far away. Yeah. yeah. Uh strange. Yeah. I don't know about this one. Like, I don't want to pick Brighton because I can't really trust them, but something about Palace at home this year is really unsettling to me. I don't know why. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. It's not a big shout. I think I'll say 1-0. 
Brighton. Although, no, I can't say 1-0 Brighton because Brighton can't keep a freaking clean sheet to save their life. Even against Crystal Palace, who threw out nine defenders. <laughs> I'll say I'll say 2-1. All right. Villa-Sheffield. Okay. This at home for Villa. 9-0. I, I might have to contact our our betting plug in uh, a legal betting state and potentially see what it would be for, like, Villa to win by three. See what the odds of that are. Might be like even odds <laughs> for them to win <laughs> to win by three goals. Um I'm gonna say four nil villa. Four nil. I'll say I'll say uh three nil. Okay. West Ham Man U. Pretty interesting uh matchup here, Sam. Yeah, it is Man U's gonna have to hold the ball. I mean they got moisied last time they played. The last three games, by the way, have all been 1-0, one, one way or the other. Hmm. Actually, four of the last five have been 1-0, one, one way or the other. Too surprising. Um, yeah. I'm going to say 2-1 to West Ham. Sam, I'm going to say 1-0 West Ham. Fulham Burnley. Well, if Fulham are still cooking, this could be this could be very nice for them. Yeah, I think they'll they'll be back. I'll say three nil. Three nil, holy smokes. Um I'll just I'll keep it polite and we'll say two nil. Loot and Newcastle. They're gonna be motivated. They might just for Lockyer. Or it could have shook them to the core for a little a couple games. That's got to be pretty tough. I can't imagine, but it's got to be pretty tough to see, uh, you know, your teammate go down like that. I think the but rally, the way, New- the way Newcastle are playing right now, I just don't. Yeah, I especially don't know. Away. You know, they beat Fulham, but yeah, they might just be home merchants. Yeah, like that game today against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. Like, I get they're injured. They had one chance, and they scored it because Chelsea can't help themselves. But other than that, they didn't do anything in attack, and they threw the game away in the 92nd minute. Trippier had another touch where he just has a, just lets Chelsea score like he did against uh, Everton, except this time it's in the box. It wasn't up the middle of the field. So I, I just don't trust Newcastle right now, and it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to go at least a 1-1 draw for Luton. Yeah, I was going to say 1-1. One, one. Forrest Bournemouth. The manager bounce? I don't think so. Okay. Who's even the interim? No idea. <laughs> I want to... We need to find out who would be their best. Maybe Wayne Hennessy, player manager? <laughs> Do you imagine? Nuno Tavares, player manager? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I, I think I'll go, since Bournemouth have been playing better, I'll go 2-1, but it, well, we'll see. I'll but see. yeah, I'm going to go Bournemouth 2-1. Say 2-0. Okay. Tottenham Everton. Ooh. That's for the This club is of the future. battle of minds. 
battle of the minds out here, Mr. Dice and Mr. Postaglue. Yeah. What are you looking for in this one? I'm looking for Tottenham someone to being say able mate. to break down. Looking for Tottenham to break down that uh the back line. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of mates thrown around. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure oh, it'll be know, a lot mate. of possession similar to what's Sean Dice's team is uh it's really good, mate. <laughs> Everton, Club of the Future. Mate. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know Everton, they got uh, a little bit of, a little bit of chaos in them. Maybe hit on the. Yes, they do. I'm gonna say two yes. one Tottenham. Yes, they do. Uh, I'm gonna go with a one one draw. I I don't feel spectacular about that, as you know I like to not feel good about things. But this one, it just doesn't feel right. I would lean Tottenham win if I had to pick one way, but we'll go with a draw. Uh, Liverpool Arsenal at Anfield, the house of Sam's nightmares. Truly. Give it to me straight. How you feeling going into this one? It all comes down to how you can manage the crowd. If you can kind of lull the, the crowd to sleep, you have a chance. But we saw before Arteta, you know, I think it was last year. He riled up the crowd. And then after that, Liverpool went on to uh, be the much better side. And, yeah, Arsenal, not a good record away, too. So I'm going to say a 2-1 win for Liverpool. I don't feel great about it, given their, their performance at United, but I think this game, they might be a little bit more upward and not play to the level of man. I think there's going to be some defensive errors by both sides in this one. I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool. That's a good shout. I take it back then. That's what I do. I take it right back. You know it's not a good shout is uh, to predict a 3-2 game between Wolves and Chelsea. Because that would require a lot more goals than will be scored. Yeah. I agree. You know what's weird is I don't have any faith in Chelsea at the Molyneux ever since that game where uh, Chelsea started having like a health crisis, like the COVID crisis, and then they couldn't like, I don't know if you remember that. This is when they still had Tuchel and they like tried to get the game postponed <laughs> and, and they wouldn't let him and Chelsea had like three empty bench slots and the game finished nil-nil. That's ever since then, I've I've had no faith about Chelsea and Wolves. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You're the Chelsea whisperer. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What do I think? The Wolves Chelsea, back. Chelsea had a, a big uh, Carabao Cup win against Newcastle today. Your boy Georgie Petrovic had a huge save. The MLS <laughs> lad. I mean, I definitely could see the situation where Chelsea are trying to Dilly dally out of the back and just get turned over. And then Wang Hee Chan scores a curler. <laughs> yeah, yes. I could see this as well. This is definitely something that would happen. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say two one wolves. Okay. I'll go with uh one one. No, nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see it happen. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Um Newcastle, Forest. Boxing Day. 
I mean, this is a smashing 3-0. Chalk it up. As free of a game as you get, yeah. Probably 3-0 or 2-0, depending on. They might do a little rotation action. I have faith. Bournemouth-Fulham. Could be an interesting game. I'm going to go 2-2. Yeah, it's hard to Although say. The Fulham away from home is they're kind of home merchants too, in a way. Yeah, Craven Cottage. Uh, I'm gonna Still, say. I like two two. I'm gonna say uh, one one. Okay, Sheffield Luton. Will Chris Wilder win another game, Sam? He could. I I feel like I could see them winning this game, like a two. Also. If you'd believe this, Luton and Sheffield have never played in the Premier League before. Can you believe that? You believe that, Sam? I don't. Yes, I I do believe that. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be with you. I'll say Sheffield one nil. That's the only time I'll pick Sheffield this whole year, probably. I'm gonna say Sheffield two one, and I'm gonna say Ollie McBurney. No, that's not your prediction. That's not allowed. Burnley <laughs> Liverpool. Is this one where Liverpool win like one nil, and it and you're really worried, and then like the seventy ninth minute they finally score and you're like, okay, well they'll win because Burnley can't do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Probably Burnley will play them tight for about a half, about a half or sixty minutes, and then Liverpool score a Fade. couple goals and okay. United and Villa. Villa on the road, not great. United won't just. They're passing the even on the road. Although Man U's press sometimes when they're up for it is pretty good. I'll say that. But Villa's passing should be able to dice United open enough. I'm going to say 2 1 Villa. Yeah, I feel like this game suits him better, honestly. A, a bigger away game rather than like against a Brentford or, or a Bournemouth. So. Yeah. I'm going to say 3-1. Wow. Big time upset. Not in my eyes. Some people's. Um, Brentford Wolves. This has like nil-nil written. This is the, uh, I was going to say the bend me. The uh, Nathan Collins Derby. Yeah, this does have nil-nil all over. There might not be many goals for Wolves uh, this week. I'll go 1-1 just to be different. Okay. Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Oh, boy. You know, this is be the jinx of a lifetime, but Chelsea, for whatever reason, always own Crystal Palace, like, no matter what. So, with that said, Roy Ball, you got to believe Sam. He's going to park the bus. He's going to make it happen. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Yeah, he's going to park the bus. That is for sure. I'm going to say 2-0. 2. Say two, nil. two. <laughs> Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I didn't, I'm going to go 2 0 on this one. Just not pick a winner. 
Everton City. This might be for like the final Champions League spot, Sam. True. Once they lift Everton's ban. Right. Or points deduction. They're like, okay, one point instead of ten. Yeah. Um Everton, wow. Tottenham now City. At least they got their points while they could, I guess. That's pretty tough. Uh Dice will play him well, but I I think City will take it, even though it's at Goodison. We'll go uh one nil. Yeah, I feel like this will just be one of those games where you know, City probably don't play particularly well, but Everton don't really test them enough. So. No, or or Everton do actually play well in attack, and they just somehow never score. And then City have three chances that are okay, and they score on one of them. It's like Jack Grealish just has a nice curled shot. It's like, oh, okay. I'm going to say 1-0 City. Oh, we're on the same page then. Brighton, Tottenham. The Basuma Derby. Derby. Yeah, I just don't feel great about Brighton. I'm at not the moment. moved. Ah, I'm not moved by Brighton, and surely they'll win both games this week now and make us question our own sanity. <laughs> um, I think this one will be entertaining, though. I'm gonna go with a wild three to three. Three to three. I was thinking, I was thinking two to two, but I think Spurs will win. I think two ones. Okay, Arsenal West Ham to round off the the Christmas week and post-Christmas week? Well, Does anything coming to your mind? We know that West Ham will just park the bus and get on the counter, which could be potentially dangerous to Arsenal. Um, let's see, can Arsenal break down West Ham? I feel like they probably can. All you it, need is one Igward mishap and you're good. It might be a little dicey towards the end of the game. I'm saying if you two, think one. if you think West Ham will beat Man U, then surely they won't beat Arsenal. That's doing a lot to get two wins against top six teams back to back like that. So yeah. it's definitely more possible for them to beat Man U at home than they go to the Emirates and take a point. Not saying that they're not going to play Arsenal tough or anything, but. Uh, I'm going to say Arsenal 1-0. Right. Like they grind it out. What's your predictions besides Ollie McBurney, <laughs> which shouldn't be allowed to be a prediction, to it be quite be frank? Allowed. It should be allowed. Um, Let's see. Did I say 3-0 Fulham versus Burnley? I think uh, Harry Wilson scores in that one. Okay. Lovely. Nothing too exciting there. No, nothing too exciting, but, you know, Harry Wilson, he's cooking lately. Yes. Well, that wraps it up. Great. Hopefully this, these next couple match days give us a little more. This last match day was disappointing. It was it was rough. boring, weird but boring games, and then also just like 
out of the blue lockier stuff. No, never fun. So, yeah, we need more fun stuff for Christmas. Merry Christmas to all those listening. Yes, this wonderful podcast. Wishing Before you we go, nothing but the best. Before we go, Sam, next manager sacked. Next is... manager sacked is. You want to say Vincent Company, but the man's freaking insackable at this point. See that? Yeah. See what I did there? Invincible. Invincible. Uh, Roy Hodgson leaving. That feels like it's like a matter of time. Yeah. I don't really see anyone else at the moment. Quiet. Too quiet. You know, if Brentford aren't careful, not saying Thomas Franco gets sacked, but they could drop down to 16th or three points away from it. They could. So, uh, all right, that wraps it up. Until probably what? When's the next time we're going to have a podcast? Like the 29th, probably. 30th? 29th, yeah, 29th. So, yeah. all right. Until then. Hope you get good presents. Uh, Adios. Adios. Mis amigos. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.